Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. This month marks an anniversary of sorts. It's now 23 years since the first edition of the Electronic Cottage was broadcast here on WERU. So, just for fun, we're going to hear today what we think is the very first edition of the Electronic Cottage. It may seem a little bit dated in this age of cable TV and internet streaming, but all of the information is actually still accurate, especially if you happen to have an old tube TV. Of course, the reason there is still an electronic cottage is because there is still a WERU. And this week, WERU seeks your financial support to keep the station going next week and next year, and who knows, maybe next century. So, if you found the Electronic Cottage useful over the past 23 years, or, for that matter, any of the many programs here on WERU, you know what to do. Dial 207-469-6600 and make a pledge. Or go to WERU.org and click on the Donate button on the right. Now, let's take a little trip down our Electronic Cottage memory lane. Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Here's a little experiment for you. Stick your hand out towards your radio. Feel anything? Probably not, unless your radio is on the stove or in front of a fan. But though you don't feel them, there are multitudes of electromagnetic waves passing through your hand and the rest of your body every second. You're listening to my voice right now thanks to just such waves. And that's what we'll think over for a few minutes today, the electromagnetic spectrum. Electromagnetic waves are made up of vibrating electric and magnetic fields. For our purposes, what distinguishes one type of wave from another is its frequency. In other words, the number of times that a wave starts from a fixed reference point and returns to that reference point in a given period of time. That sequence is called a cycle. An analogy would be if I were facing due north and turned around in a complete circle so that I wound up facing due north again. That would be one complete cycle. If it took me one second to make that cycle, we'd say that my movement had a frequency of one cycle per second. In the world of electronics, we also call the measure of one cycle per second a hertz in honor of the scientist Heinrich Hertz, who, by the way, did not invent rental cars. Now, think about electromagnetic waves. They form a complete spectrum running from radio waves, which have the lowest frequencies in hundreds or thousands of hertz, all the way up to gamma rays and beyond, which have incredibly high frequencies of one with 20 zeros after it which is a pretty big number. Try writing it down if you don't think so. Between radio waves and gamma rays, there are a lot of other types of waves. In rough order, from those with the lowest frequencies to those with the highest, the spectrum consists of radio waves, microwaves, infrared light waves, the visible spectrum, ultraviolet light waves, 
X-rays and gamma rays. The visible spectrum, the light that we humans can see, is actually a very tiny slice of the electromagnetic spectrum. The rest of those waves are all around us all the time, but we have no way to detect them without the aid of electronic equipment. Ha, you say, finally we're back at the door of the electronic cottage. And so we are. Let's step back inside and look at two pieces of equipment that almost every household in this country has at least one of, a radio and a television. In this country, we break the broadcast radio spectrum up into AM and FM bands. Note that the broadcast spectrum is defined differently in some other parts of the world. In this country, AM radio signals run from about 525 kilohertz to 1700 kilohertz. As you recall, a hertz is one cycle per second, so these radio waves are vibrating, the official word is oscillating, at a rate, for example, of 770,000 cycles per second, in the case of WABC in New York, the original flagship radio station of the American Broadcasting Company. You might have noticed that AM radio signals can do strange things at night. That's because their frequencies are not high enough for the waves to escape the ionosphere surrounding the Earth on their own. During the day, the energy of the sun helps to make the ionosphere more permeable to AM radio waves. But at night, those waves hit the ionosphere and bounce back to Earth, usually very far from where they started. That's why in Maine you might hear an AM station from anywhere east of the Rockies late at night. That's also why the FCC licensed several clear channel AM radio frequencies back in the early days of radio. No other station in the country can be on the same frequency as a clear channel AM station after sunset. Among the early clear channel stations were the flagship stations for the major networks. 660 for WNBC, 770 for WABC, and 880 for WCBS, all originating their AM signals from New York and reaching a large part of the rest of the country after sunset. FM radio signals operate in a different part of the electromagnetic spectrum from AM signals. FM signals in this country run from 88 to 108 megahertz. Mega, as you might imagine, means millions. So, in the case of WERU, which broadcasts at a frequency of 89.9 megahertz, the signals emitted from the transmitter atop Blue Hill are oscillating 89.9 million times per second. Because FM signals have such high energy, they can penetrate the atmospheric layers surrounding the Earth, and they go right out into space. FM signals also travel in a straight line, unlike AM signals. If you can draw an imaginary line straight from a station's antenna to your radio's antenna, you should be able to hear the signal. In the case of high-powered stations in the Midwest, which can operate at a power of 100,000 watts, the limitation on how far away you can hear a station's FM signal is actually determined by the curvature of the Earth. Since the Earth is round, 
as you get further away from the source of the radio signal, you eventually drop below the horizon with reference to a straight line drawn from the originating antenna to where you are. The signal's still there, but it passes over your head and out into space. This is one reason that people build receiving antennas on high towers. The idea is to increase the chances of being able to draw a straight line from the originating radio transmitter to your receiving radio. What about television? Interestingly enough, television channels 2 to 13 are exactly in the same part of the electromagnetic spectrum as FM radio signals. They're both what are called very high frequency, or VHF waves. In fact, the entire FM radio band is located between television channels 6 and 7. That's why if you're traveling through a city that has a television station on channel 6, you can often pick up the TV audio from channel 6 on your FM car radio. The other channels on a television set, 14 and above, are in a higher part of the electromagnetic spectrum from about 470 to 890 megahertz. These are referred to as UHF, or ultra-high frequency stations. The CB radio band is between 460 and 470 megahertz, smack up against the bottom of the UHF band, which is why you can sometimes get CB interference if you're watching one of those UHF channels. As you can begin to see, the electromagnetic spectrum is quite fascinating and has a huge impact on our lives. We don't really need to know how it's organized for our radio or television to work, but that understanding makes things a lot more interesting. Don't you think? We hope you do. And we hope you'll let us know whether you find the electronic cottage useful or fun. Maybe you'd even like to suggest a topic to look at. Whatever you have to say, drop a note to the Electronic Cottage, care of WERU Radio, P.O. Box 170, East Orland, Maine, 04431. Thanks to the Electromagnetic Spectrum, we'll see you next time on Notes from the Electronic Cottage.